and welcome to the 83rd episode of the Mostly Soccer Podcast. Today is Monday, October 7th at 7.20 p.m. My name is Michael J. Dalo, and I'm here with Jimmy. Jimmy what today? Jimmy Karma. Jimmy Karma. Ooh. <sighs> you sent out some incriminating text messages. Yeah. I, well, I don't think I meant anything bad by it. Um, it's about Adama Traore. Why don't you just tell them what you said? I think I said, first thing. poor Adama Traore. He's so bad at soccer, you would have been a hell of a running back. <laughs> I think is exactly what I said. Instant karma. That is the definition of the mostly soccer bump. Yeah, I gave him a bump. Ugh. I should have waited. I even said when I sent it, I go, now this asshole's going to score. I'm like, <laughs> that was my biggest fear because I also bashed Cotone. And I'm like, one of these guys is going to score because I'm talking shit about him. Yeah, not, not an ideal day for Manchester City. Also, not an ideal day for the other side of Manchester, the red side. And uh, a few other clubs had a rough go at it, too. And uh, before we start talking about that, I do want to say we're in the Vivid Seat studio tonight. Yes, we are. A.K.A. Jimmy's Basement. But the best thing about the Vivid Seat studio is the deals. And the greatest deal of all time, potentially. The greatest deal of all time. Absolutely. Potentially. Potentially. I'm not going to say yes or no. But use the code OVERTIME on the Vivid Seats mobile app. Get $100 off your first purchase. No-brainer. I mean, you can't beat that. Can't beat it. Could have been at Newcastle beating Manchester United yeah. this week. Could have been at the Amex, the Fortress. I was going to say, it's like Brighton. <laughs> you can't beat them. Yeah, it's true. Uh, but, Jimmy, we're going to be joined by Alex from the American Toffee podcast yes. today to a talk return. about... I know, a triumphant return. Uh, maybe, I don't know if it's triumphant. Maybe not on the terms that he would have liked to be joining us. Uh, Everton going through a bit of a rough patch. But I think Alex is going to have a unique perspective. I I haven't listened to their latest episode. I did. I, I did. So okay, I'm actually so really you're, you're interested filled to in. see. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see where, if we can turn him, first of all. I want to know. So I where is see. he sitting right now? I, I think... From, and again, I don't want to put words in the, his mouth. Uh, it sounds to me like him as well as his co-host. They are, they they're just they're so worried about another managerial change because <laughs> there's been so many. And also, we've seen throughout the league, managerial changes are not always for the best. Well, for the first game, they usually give you the bump. Yeah, and then, and then after they that, can go downhill from there quickly. Yeah. So, um. I am interested to see their feelings on our friend, Marco Silva. Yeah, the snake oil salesman, as you've been Mm -hmm. calling him for quite a while now. And uh, I wonder if you'll be able to sway him. (laughs) But uh, aside from that, we're going to talk some other managerial trouble in Manchester. Not maybe not the blue side of Manchester, but uh, over there and in North London. Yes, that's the the most interesting one. We'll get to that. All right. But let's uh, let's call up Alex and we'll be right back. Alrighty, so we have Alex here from the American Toffee Podcast on the line. Uh, we're going to be holding the cell phone up to the microphone in the mostly soccer fashion. We are so technology illiterate, it's not even funny. But Alex, thank you for joining us and welcome to the show, my friend. Yes, thank you both so much for having me. It's a pleasure as always. I'm excited. Yes, and we're excited to pick your brain a little bit about the current situation at Everton. So, for the listener... Uh, let me just give a rundown of the past three matches, uh, all of which have been defeats for the mighty Everton. Uh, at home, losing 2-0 to Sheffield. At home, losing 1-3 to to Manchester City, expected. And this one away, Burnley, 1-0. So, Alex, there has been some pressure on Marco Silva this season already. 
having spent so. having spent money the past two seasons and not really getting the results that Everton fans expect. So first, like, what do you think is going on at the club? I don't, I don't know how to even phrase this question. <laughs> I don't even know how to answer it to be honest. <laughs> Again, I mean, there's there's a lot of a lot of speculation. Obviously, you know, you can tell a bunch by different players' body language and, and how they are or are not performing. Um, I think I think that we're at a point where injuries have hurt us. Um, Jean Philippe Bamin, who was signed to be um, Ghana Gay's replacement at in central midfield at, at defensive midfield, uh, he got injured pretty early. Um, Andre Gomez has been out. Sigurdsson is way out of form. You know, we didn't really sign a prolific striker, right? We signed Moise Keane, which is super exciting. However, of course, you know, you can't expect a 19-year-old kid in a new a new country, you know, with, with new teammates and a new system to just start firing him in left and right. Yeah. So it, it seems like it's really coming down to the fact that the tactics are not necessarily working. He's being pretty inflexible as to, you know, trying to – to, to tailor his game plan past like minor tactical tweaks, you know, maybe man marking this player, etc. And and I think the players are starting to get really down about it because they're starting to see that it's not working. Hmm. Uh, I'm I'm just curious where you think this is headed, right? I feel like at United, uh, Ole has kind of built up this immunity to being fired at this point even after so many bad results in this terrible form just because he's a club legend uh spurs pochettino obviously having a tough go at it there but another person who feels like he's unfireable uh but marco silva i'm i'm wondering where an everton fan stands on marco silva in or out so as, at the moment i'm still marco silva in and i'll say that because We've actually not had a manager that has stayed for more than a season and a half since Martinez, and he only got two seasons. So mm. it's been a while since we've had any sort of stability. Um, Moshiri, the majority owner, went way out of his way to try to get Marco Silva with the whole Watford debacle. <laughs> but I will say that Marcel Brands, the director of football, you know, he was brought in kind of after Marco Silva, about the same time as Marco Silva. Um, so I'd like to iterate the fact that Marco Silva is not Marcel Brand's guy. Yep. Right. So with that, you know, the, in terms of transfers, spending money over the last year and a half, you know, it has to be a joint decision, as they both said. You know, if Marcel Brands doesn't like a player, then Marco Silva doesn't get to bring him in. Period. Yep. Uh, so, so in my, which was a bit of a tangent, but in my opinion, I think it needs to stay. At the moment, we're sitting in 18th place. After this past weekend, which is atrocious, however, at the moment, in my opinion, you know, he can get another two or three matches because getting, you know, let's say Sam Allardyce in again is not going to do us any good. <laughs> All right, Jimmy's All right. been awfully quiet over there. Yeah, He's chomping at the bit. I, I, okay, so I've long been a critic of Marco Silva. I, uh, I think this guy's made a career off of a few matches at Wofford. It may, I, I, may, I, I just don't get it. I have not seen anything he's done that's ever impressed me. And I just think, I just feel like this season has set up to be such a golden opportunity for Everton. And I just feel like they, at this point, it seems like they've missed the window to really capitalize on it. 
And I, I don't necessarily look and see anything he's done wrong, but I don't see anything he's done right. I don't see a clear tactical plan. I don't see just, I don't see much of anything. It's just kind of like they go out there and they play. It's like, it's like, you know, you and your bunch of friends go to the field and you kick the ball around. And the weird thing is I, I thought the best Everton looked was the city game. I thought they actually looked really well for most of that match. But then I, I watched this one against Burnley and it's just like, I just don't see anything. It's just crossing the ball in and in and over and over and over again. Just so nonchalantly, you can just tell the players are like bored with it. And I just, I don't get it. Yeah. Tell me if I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not focused close enough to see the positive things out of there. And I'm just focusing on the negatives, but I don't know. No, I mean, listen, I, I wish, I really wish I could contest anything you just said, but I can't. You're actually really spot on. And might I add, I'm, I'm pretty impressed just that, you know, I personally don't consider myself that in tune with any other team that I wouldn't follow. So hats off to you because you pretty much nailed it. That's, that's a big thing, you know, fans have an issue with about Marco Silva, right? Technically, he's never really done anything impressive in his managerial career. Um, he's known for being very meticulous and he's a good man manager, or so it seems. Uh, maybe that's, you know, unraveling at the moment. But as you said, spot on, right? We played well against City, but I think that's because City gave you time and space. Well, maybe not necessarily time, but they gave you space, right? Against all these other teams that we've played, they sit in a low block, you know, 10 men behind the ball, and that's the issue with us. To your point about crossing the ball and being bored, 100%. I think I mentioned <laughs> that on, on one of our recent episodes, actually, you watch like Luca Dean swinging the ball in from the left-hand side. And he legitimately looks like he doesn't even believe it's going to, like, <laughs> anything's going to happen, right? And he's got one of the sweetest left, foot out, left foots out there. So it's confusing, it's frustrating, and, and to your last point about being, this being, like, the golden opportunity for Everton, this this was the season, right? Like, this, this had to be the season. We felt that we really strengthened. You know, we had a lot of positivity. You know, towards the end of the window, we signed Moise Keane, and everyone's like, that's insane. And here we are in 18th place, you know, and United were in shambles. Uh, Chelsea are doing pretty well. However, I'd argue that with so many young players, they're due for a dip in form pretty soon. Tottenham, as you said, issues. Dead. So, unfortunately, you're right on every level. It's just so, it's so odd. I Being an Arsenal fan and being as emotional as I am, I would be calling for Marco Silva's head. I, three three weeks ago, I would, four weeks ago, week one, I would have been calling for Marco Silva's head. So it's it's interesting to see how um, reasonable you're being. I think is the word with with the time that you want to give him. I mean, I get wanting to keep a manager around, and um, I feel like maybe some of the things you said uh, about the style of play, where you just like you kind of don't know what they're really trying to do. Is I relate that to Emery, but at least Arsenal are getting results right now. Because if not, I mean, after that Watford game, I was calling for Emery's yeah. head. And, um, you know, it, it's just like when you don't see a manager who has a style of play or something that they're trying to accomplish, it just gets so frustrating. And uh, credit to you, Alex. And I don't know how James feels about this, uh, your co-host, but I mean, is he calling for his head? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a little more impatient than I am, but here, here's how I think about it, right? At this point, we have not capitalized on really any opportunity, except for maybe the Wolves match. So, with that being said, 
unfortunately, I think I can already rule us out of a top six place. Most likely. Yeah. Um, with that, what what's the point in, you know, worrying about what a month will do to the table for Everton, right? Mm-hmm. And, and my biggest thought is, think about how hard it is and how much money it costs to sign a player in January, and then apply that to a manager, right? Like, how many, how many like fewer managers there are in the world, and, and how many quality ones are going to be available in the middle of the season when, if they were quality, they probably should have been managing yeah. a club, right? Yeah. So, so that's the only thought process. But I'm, I'm probably in the minority. Yeah, I just, I, even on Twitter though, I feel like we follow a lot of Everton guys, and there, there's not really a calling for Marco Silva's head. Yeah, the patience is impressive. Honestly, <laughs> if anything, patience, patience is a virtue, and you guys definitely have it. I, I'm impressed with that. I just... And the only thing I would say is this. I understand the idea that maybe you don't want to swap out the manager because it's not always necessarily a good thing. Change isn't always great. But if you were to kind of come over to my way of thinking and saying it's time to move on, what direction would you like to see the club go? Because I feel like Everton are kind of in a tough spot where they there's a great deal of talent there. They spend money. But at the same time, at least in recent memory, they haven't had really a great deal of success breaking into the top six or top four. So I'm not sure what type of manager they'd really be targeting. And like you said, you don't want to go back down the same Allardyce mm-hmm. train. Yeah, I mean, that's it's a good question, right? You see all kinds of crazy shouts. I mean, obviously, Mourinho's thrown around on Twitter because of those crazy Everton fans, right? <laughs> um, you know, you hear the easy Javi Gracia from Watford that was just, you know, fired, and, and Mikel Arteta, because mm. all the Everton fans love him. Easy. Uh, and he works under Pep, so obviously he'll be exactly like Pep. Easy, <laughs> easy. We're waiting for him at Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but, you know... In terms of where they go, I'm not sure. Because, again, it, at this point, right, the, the only saving grace here is that it would be interesting to see who Marcel Brands would choose. Um, and and I know that whoever he chooses, at some point in time, right, it's inevitable, whether it's now or over the summer or next season, he's going to have to choose a new manager. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see the direction he goes because Marcel Brands, the director of football, is is very much known for finding the diamonds in the rough in terms of players and, and, and that sort of thing. So I would imagine that he, you know, uh, I would feel as though it might not be a quote-unquote big-name big manager that maybe most, let's say, Premier League fans would know of. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do have one last question about Everton specifically, and it's just, is it the players or the coaches? And if you think it's the players... What needs to change? Is it buying a striker, uh, a midfielder, a defender? I mean, <laughs> I right? mean, you bought Moyes again. I mean, <laughs> so, so if we're talking about the players, right? I think it's just going to have to be. Well, uh, Marcus Silva is going to have to change his, his tactics, his formation, um, and I say that because, unfortunately, I think he's got to drop Kofi Sigurdsson at the moment because he's not even close to involved. Um, in my opinion, Ricardo needs to play on the left where he's most comfortable and he actually produces more for the team in general. And then the midfield, I think we need to inject some some Tom Davies into our brain. Uh, Tom <laughs> Davies. About. Tom Davies is my guy, but you know, <laughs> I think it's I think it's just time for 
you know, stop putting the same team on the pitch every week. Don't play two defensive midfielders against Burnley. Yeah. You know, it's just those types of things. But in terms of the players, I, I think it's just got to be new players given a chance because if you see the same players out on the pitch every single week and they're not doing it, yeah. there's not a whole lot you can do to kickstart them except for drop them. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, put Alex Wolby in the center midfield and let the man shine. Uh, That's but, it. <laughs> but actual last question for you relating to uh, Everton in the ether of the Premier League. What? How do you feel about, um, you know, they're in 18th place, as you said, having a rough start to the season. But uh, you could take some happiness in the fact that Manchester United and Tottenham, who are also supposed to have uh, decent seasons, doing almost the same thing. So in relation to United and Spurs, how poorly do you think the Everton season is going? I mean, do you think you had more expectations as an Everton fan than a United or Spurs fan would have coming in this year? I think, so So I do not think I would have had higher expectations than a Spurs fan because, you know, I, I personally, I can't stand Spurs. I'm sure that's music to your ears, but <laughs> I, I, I just, they, they would have been telling themselves and maybe partially rightly so, that they could attempt to challenge for the title depending on if Man City or Liverpool would have had an off year, right? Mm-hmm. Manchester United, on the flip side, in my opinion, I think that Everton fans absolutely should have had, you know, higher expectations than Man U fans because, you know, Ole, he he should have been offered the job as early as he was. Um, his, his performances, even on the back end of last year, which we looked on like 4-0 before the end of the mm-hmm. season... I mean, it shows you, like, they're not they're not a squad that's going to compete for the top four, period. But at this point, they're looking like they may not even, you know, they're, they're going to struggle to compete for the top six. Um, again, as you said, probably perfect opportunity for Everton. Um, but at least now it's still a perfect opportunity for Arsenal. Yeah, and, there you go. <laughs> I know you did not ask about Chelsea, but I think that they've started better than anticipated. However, again, with, with the young blood that they have throughout the squad that, that, that Flamps has been, you know, utilizing very much so to the start of the season, I, th- I think it's inevitable that they're going to go through, you know, s- some issues with form with a lot of their quote-unquote current key players. And I, and I think that, that that also opens up a lot of opportunity for, for, you know, Arsenal to continue to, let's say, hold on and then possibly Tottenham you know, get their stuff together. Yeah, God, I hope you're right. Uh, at the beginning of the season, I I had predicted that Chelsea would be outside of the top six, and right now it's not looking as good as it once did uh, after that four nil United spanking in the opening day. But um, yeah, I mean, I think I think you made a lot of great points, and um, I mean, thank you so much for joining us, Alex. You're our you're our Everton guy, and you're just our guy in general. You are the man who we turn to. Both of you, I really appreciate it again. I'm all happy to be your uh, Everton guy forever and <laughs> ever. Um, and I, again, I, I appreciate the opportunity. I always have a good time talking to you all. Yeah, man. Uh, do you want to give a quick plug to your podcast, your Twitter? No, nah, it's all good. No, I, well, I'm going to do it for you <laughs> if you don't, so please do. <laughs> okay, okay. American Toffee Podcast for any of you uh, supposed Everton fans. And, and our Twitter handle is at USA Toffee Pod. All right, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, and, thanks, uh, Alex. We will talk to you soon, I'm sure. All right, guys. Talk to you later. All right. Appreciate Bye. it. Bye. All right, Jimmy. So we just got off with Alex. What are, you, what are your thoughts after that conversation? 
I'm going to turn him. I'm going to get him <laughs> anti-Michael Silva. Give me time. Oh, God. I'm just going to wait. As they continue to struggle, <laughs> it'll become easier and easier. I don't think you need to turn him. I mean, he's slowly coming around. It's taking too long. It really is. I... I'm telling you, that guy, Marco Silva, he's a... the guy's a hell of a salesman. He sells himself to people. They just buy it. I don't. I just feel bad. I see right through you, Marco. I you feel don't fool bad. Me. I feel bad because I do have a soft spot for Everton. I think when we first yeah. started this podcast, I proclaimed that Everton were my second team that I root for in the Premier League since yeah. have been replaced by the Seagulls, Brighton. But um, yeah, I mean, if you're an Everton guy, or even if you're not, and you want to hear those guys go off, American Toffee Podcast. I listen to it almost every week, uh, especially after they're in turmoil. I like to feel a little bit better about myself. So give them a listen, give them a follow on Twitter. And again, thank you to Alex for joining us, but we are going to take a quick break and we're going to get back with more action. Finding the right pros for home projects can be tough and spark a lot of questions like, how do I find a pro who can help? Will they do a good job? Will I get a fair price? That's where HomeAdvisor can help. From leaky faucets to major remodels, HomeAdvisor connects you to the right pro for the job in seconds and even helps you get a fair price. Read reviews, check project cost guides, and book appointments. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free HomeAdvisor app to start your next project. And we are back. So, Jimmy, let's get right into it. We don't want to waste any more time. Uh, Let's talk about the games this week. And let's just start off with a quick hit. Burnley won Everton nil. We spoke about that one with Alex. Uh, A Jeff Hendricks goal and a Seamus Coleman red card. Mm -hmm. Not a great performance from Everton, but we won't harp on that one since we just talked about Everton for a little while. And then we had a classic nil-nil draw, Watford and the Blades. Not an ideal result for the neutral. And then we had an interesting one. We had Norwich at home, one. Ashton Villa, five. Yeah, uh, Norwich, things are becoming a little concerning, my friends. Yeah, but but are they? No, they are. Yeah. They genuinely are. I think... So a lot has been made about, you know, Norwich have done it with the same team that they were doing it with in the championship. And I think we're starting to see maybe the limit of that as teams start to figure them out more. I mean, this was this was a beatdown. Yeah. And Aston Villa is not usually the team to hand out beatdowns. <laughs> I mean, Aston Villa score goals, but they usually they do. don't defend very they well. They usually don't defend very well, but they, they looked very good in this game. They attack like it was beautiful. They had some really beautiful goals. Wesley looked very good. Grealish looked excellent in this game and the Norwich defense just looked very poor made me wonder how City possibly <laughs> struggled so badly to score on this team um but I think I uh I just I'm getting a little concerned for Norwich I mean is there really concern in terms of them going down though I feel like I'm past that with them I mean there is they I, haven't I, won enough, I am concerned just because of the fact that when you look at it this year there's really outside of Wofford and even them some I know that you've still said, you know, you don't think that they're gonna necessarily struggle this much all year. Norwich right now are nineteenth on six points. Yeah. Three of those points I think came from City though. Three of the points came from City, and I think that that's clouding people's judgment of them. I think we're starting to see that maybe this team is fun as they are to watch yeah. because they are a free flowing attacking team. Uh there may be some real defensive liability there that's going to make them at least struggle right yeah. now. Because outside of Wofford, I find it hard to pick a team I think's going down. And it's going to be three teams. Yeah. And I'm not writing Wofford off yet. I think, I've said I think they are going, but I don't want to say it's a guarantee. Mm-hmm. So this is very open right now. 
Yeah, I'm. I don't know. I think the the break coming up next week is going to help them. I think they have a small squad. They need to rest them. But uh, I'm not completely out on Norwich yet. I'm still in, all in actually on Norwich. Just not for betting purposes. They have already burned me a few times. Uh, and then we also had West Ham one, Palace two. This a very very interesting result. We had a goal from your boy Holler, or as, how do you even say his name? Holler. No. Holler. Holler. That's how they say it in FIFA, which means it's wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> not correct. And then we had a pen from Patrick Van Arnold. Uh, was Milivojevic out this game? Was there a reason why he didn't take this penalty? I'm going to check the lineup right now. <laughs> I have no clue. That's actually... He is the penalty is a, merchant. A very, very true fact. Yeah, it does not look like he was in the squad. It was beautifully taken by Van Arnold <laughs> as well. Van Arnold's got a, a great shot yeah, on Yeah, he's him. got power. He does. And... Um, we also had a goal from Jordan Ayew. Jordan Ayew has been a revelation for Crystal Palace this year. Uh, really taking away the thunder from your boy, Andros Townsend. But let's... Hey, <laughs> I don't appreciate the way you threw that in there. Yeah, because you're so he fucking busy on your phone, He Jimmy. scored last week. He's coming around, so stop hating on Yeah, yeah, yeah. You almost missed it because you're too busy on your phone. Not interested in the podcast. I am very interested We're going to end the podcast because Jimmy's not interested. I am also interested in seeing the Joker, which is what I'm working on. Fuck the Joker. Because we're going to talk about the Joker next week because it's a fucking international break, so we're going to have nothing else to talk (laughs) about. That's fair. So everybody, do your homework. Go see the Joker. All right, let's move on to uh, Liverpool 2, Leicester 1. So... This was quite the game, uh, pretty pretty tactical battle, I would say, between Brendan Rodgers on his return to Anfield, which is almost triumphant, and Jurgen Klopp. We had a goal in the 40th minute from Sadio Mane off a beautiful pass from James Milner. That is James to you. And uh, following that, in the 80th minute, we had a great strike from James Madison, also James to you. Uh, he had the mostly soccer bump given to he him. Did. And then we had another James Milner pen. So let's let's talk about the thing that everyone wants to talk about. Was it a penalty? Was it not a penalty? What do you think? Well, I will first admit my bias in this. Um, obviously, though, I was very excited when I saw that Leicester had scored. We mm-hmm. were actually at the field, and I was screaming, Leicester! <laughs> and then I went, oh, no, they give a penalty within seconds of me seeing the score. And... Um, it, there was contact, but the but the but is that Mane then threw himself to the ground. Yeah, the contact did not cause him to go down. With it. He threw himself to the ground. I mean, if we're going textbook and you say it's a penalty, I guess it could have been a penalty. But in the end, it was a soft penalty. It was the the least amount of penalty it could be. Just yeah. enough that I guess you could say it is a penalty. But it was so minor. I really, I don't want that to be called a penalty, is what I'm trying to say. I don't want that to be called a penalty in any game. Yeah. Well, I think what happened with this one is um, something we're seeing more often with VAR, is that VAR is not willing to reverse decisions anymore or change them, really, as they were in the Champions League last year, for example, or, or in the beginning of this year. The example, City not getting three points against Tottenham uh, off something very minor, which if I think it happened now, even a few weeks after, I think City get all three points from that Tottenham game. I just think VAR is not willing to really change the referee's decision anymore, which I think is a positive thing uh, in a lot of ways. But 
was this a pen for me? Uh, I mean, there there's contact, but it's just so soft. Like if this was if this was Arsenal on the receiving end, I would be losing my mind. That's how right. soft it is. And if this was given to Arsenal, I'd be like, yeah, like I'll take it. Yeah. But was it was it a pen that you call and? stoppage time if you're the referee i would say probably not yeah it's just so so difficult i mean at some point you got to think the referee might want to keep the whistle down there yeah that's how i look at it the time in the game this how soft it was i just i think it's harsh to lester i think they deserved a point from this match but I, I do see where people could say, yes, it is a penalty. Yep. I mean, he did step on his foot, yep. basically. Nope. He got so him a little it's, bit. It's difficult. It is what it is. I mean, in good for Liverpool, another win. Start the year on fire. The league's over, Jimmy. Are we calling the league? I won't call the league. I'm calling the league now. What week is it? What week are we in? Seven or eight? That was eight. It's over. Did you see the Pep Guardiola quote from his, uh, I guess he wrote a book, and it was, the league is technically won. Uh, in the last eight games of the season, but it's also lost in the first eight. And I think Manchester City may have lost it. We'll see. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's not like Liverpool haven't been spotted mm, big leads before. That is true. That is true. Liverpool, a little bit of a history of uh, not keeping their points gap. Yeah. So let's see. I mean, credit to Liverpool. They've been amazing to start the year. We were somewhat critical of them at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've shown the strength that they have to fight through and continue to get results. They just so grind out games. They mm-hmm. grind them out. Um, they weigh you down. Do. And Sadio Mane. Yeah. Can we talk about, I think for like two years we've been, I've been <sighs> trying to sway you to Sadio Mane is better than Mohamed Salah. Do I finally have you? I mean, right now, yes. Right. Do I, I think I have you. I think he's, overall, I don't know. I just, I just think he's a, he's just, to me, he's a superior player. He, he's fantastic. I don't know if I'm in on that completely. This this year, right now, yes, he's a man on form. But let's move on to uh, Manchester City. The perfect segue, talking about the title race. Manchester City at home at the Etihad. Man, City don't lose at the Etihad. They lose 2-0 to Wolves. Lowly little Wolves this year. Not world-beater Wolves who get up against the big teams. Lowly, stinky Europa League Wolves. So what happened, Jimmy? Uh, there were so many things that happened in this game. This was a really frustrating one to watch. Um, City, first of all, kind of odd start. Joao Cancelo at left back. Um, they go to a midfield of Gundogan and Rodri in the holding position with Silva in front of them. Um, the Silva and Gundogan combination has not been the best for City. hasn't always led to the greatest results. Um, and Gundogan is, I think, uh, he's an easy scapegoat a lot of times for City fans. Um, but I, I don't think he was necessarily at fault in this game. There was, I mean, Silva was basically uh, not there. You would have forgot he was on the field for, I'd say, 90% of it. Kyle Walker was pretty poor in the first half. I mean, but the big takeaway was Joe Cancelo, who we've all been excited to see, Started the game off amazingly. Had two beautiful passes to break Sterling through, which could have been goals. Then after that, everything went just sideways for him. He spent the second half back at his natural position at right back um, as Walker was subbed out for Zinchenko. Um, But even then, he just... He had a very poor game. And I I don't want to jump on the guy's first Premier League start, but he just looked um, a little off the pace. 
And I think we've seen why City have been kind of slow to bet him in. Mm. Odomendi was the bad Odomendi today, diving in on multiple occasions. I mean, on the, the, the first goal that changed the game, just a terrible lunge. I mean, Kinsella lost the ball, which was a poor play by him. And then Odomendi, just this horrible dive that he didn't need to do. And it just, it's just, the, it continues to be an issue with him. These boneheaded plays, like he can be very good a lot of the time. But it's just these boneheaded plays of sliding in so aggressively when you don't need to. I mean, if it wasn't for Fernandinho, Sudi could have lost this game by four. <laughs> he saved multiple goals himself. And I mean, right now he's City's best defender and he's not a defender. It, it, it's crazy. I mean, I think the biggest takeaway from this is how important Laporte is to this team. Yeah. I mean, City right now went into this game missing Laporte, missing Stones, missing KDB, yeah, missing Leroy Sané. Uh, hamstring issue, I believe, oh, or groin issue. They oh, expect boy. him back after the international break. Okay. But um, down, somewhat depleted. And this game to me screamed out for Leroy Sané. Wolves were playing a high line, impressing, and City could not break through. Sterling had a couple chances, but outside of that, Aguero and Mares and Silva just couldn't break the room. These are the games where Sané is can just crack it open with his pace, and you just didn't see that from City. Mares was subbed out, which is a lot of people I've seen criticizing Pep. I thought he was very poor in this game. He's been excellent this season, but he really didn't offer anything, and I don't think it was a mistake really bringing Bernardo on, but... City just lacked creativity. I mean, they had yellow cards for Gundogan, Rodri, Fernandinho, Cancelo. Uh, Ederson got one for complaining, basically, hmm. in the ref. Um, but you, at the time, I believe, City had all those cards before Wolves had one. Neves and Matinho picked it up. That kind of told the story of the game for me. It was City who were just... It was an awkward game. Yeah. They couldn't break through. They had a couple chances, couldn't score. Then Andromeda Troyore, the Karma King... <laughs> Came blazing through, got a nice easy pass, put the ball in the net, credit to him. And then he did the same thing exactly again Mm -hmm. in the 94th. Um, Credit to Wolves. I mean, they showed up. They came on the road. They showed up. They looked. If you watched the first few minutes, you would have thought this could have been a beatdown from City when they were breaking them through early. But Wolves tidied up. Willie Bali, who a man uh, who's haunted me for many reasons. His handball last season drove me crazy. And then he's a guy packing FIFA every five days, so I'm sick of seeing his face. But he had an excellent game. Um, Connor Cody as well looked really good. I mean, Wolves just they had a really good game. Uh, the only thing I would criticize Wolves was uh, Cotone, the striker bought from AC Milan. Um, one goal in, I believe, 33 matches. And I, you saw it in this game. He had a couple chances. He could have made the, He could have put Wolves on the board early. There's no confidence. He has no confidence. Mm-hmm. He offers a lot too. He's a creative, nifty player. Kind of reminds me of Calvert Lewin being striker who's very good at everything except putting the ball in the net. Mm-hmm. But in the end, you know, like I said, tough match for City. Poor result. Concerning. Um, I think when we talked at the beginning of the year, we said this could be the year City focused more on the Champions League. And now with the Laporte injury as well, I think that that may be the way they go this season. Well, if they play like this, they're not going to win in the Champions League. Uh, They can't win at home against Wolves, who have struggled to win in the Europa League. So what does that say about the Europa League? Better league? I would say so. The best. Yeah, I would would definitely say that's the conclusion that I'm going to draw. Um, But let's hit quickly Southampton 1, Chelsea 4. Chelsea get a goal from... 
the man on fire, Tammy Abraham. Mason Mount is another man on fire. Um, N'Golo Conte <laughs> scores goals now. He's N'Golo, N'Golo <laughs> Conte. And uh, we, had a, we also had a goal from Danny Ings. Let's not forget yes, that. Yes, of course. Uh, something to say about Chelsea there. They're that bad. They let Danny Ings score on him. And then uh, Michi Batshuayi off the assist from Christian Pulisic, who got yes. a few minutes this game. Hooray. Actually, I did see a funny stat that he currently leads Chelsea in assists with four. Season. In all competition, he leads the team in assists. Oh, what the Super Cup? I think it's that, and uh, in the um, it might have been maybe a Champions League game. I don't know if he played yeah, in one sure. or not, but or it could have been a cup match. It might yeah. have been, um, but yeah, he apparently has four on the season. <laughs> I mean, he looked good for the short time he I mean, was on. Pulisic. He got to play with his best friend Michi Batshuayi. <laughs> These two have combined for goals. Dortmund, and now they're Chelsea doing the same thing. The rejects, the Chelsea rejects coming in and getting goals. Yeah. Um, so, speaking a little bit on what Alex said about Chelsea, do you think you're going to see a dip in their form come uh, yeah, I a few think, weeks away? I think that they will be inconsistent all season. Yeah. But as I keep saying, in the end, talent wins out. There's a lot of talent. And now that Hudson Adoy is getting back in, and when Ruben Loftus Cheek comes back. There's some elite talent in this team. I think it'll be enough for them to continue to fight for the top most of the season. Yeah. I think they will be competing for top four. I think they will make top six. I'm confident in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, top six looks like it's definitely going to happen. It, the way it's they're almost by default at this point, just because <laughs> everyone else is struggling so mightily. That's true, uh, and that's a good segue into the snooze fest. Actually, this was the one that was not a recommended watch, and it was Newcastle 1. Manchester United, the mighty, mighty Manchester United, nil. Ole is at the wheel, and he is he is tanking. He is tanking the ship. Jimmy, we had a goal. <laughs> From a wheel to a ship. <laughs> well, ships have wheels. They do. Uh, we had a goal from one of the two brothers, Matthew Longstaff, on yes. his Premier League debut, if I'm yes. not mistaken. I love the Longstaff, bro. I, I think <laughs> I, t- I texted you during this game and said, Newcastle have brothers in the midfield. Yeah. I'm all in on the Longstaff brothers. And the younger brother got one. Uh, Newcastle beat United. Newcastle beat United. Everyone is beating United. What is happening, Jimmy? Tell me. They're just really bad. <laughs> I mean, I, that's the best way I can put it. Like l- let me let me run this lineup by you first of all. Mm-hmm. This is Manchester United, the the biggest team in the world. They self proclaim themselves as mm-hmm. Marcus Rashford at striker, good player. Fine. Don't know if he should be the starting striker for Manchester United. Our our hero Daniel James, the Daniel one bright James. spot, the one bright spot of the team. Then Juan Mata, uh, Andres Pereira, uh, Fred. Yikes. Scotty McSauce. Fine. I like Scotty McTominay. Piece Ashley of shit. Young. Oh. Stinks. Captain Harry Ashley Maguire. Young. Fine. Tunzunabi. <laughs> Tunansby. Uh, Axel Tunansby. <laughs> Just call him Axel. Axel's a badass name. Mike Dalo's cousin, Diego Delo. Dalo, yep. And David De Gea. Stinks. Does that strike you as a, as a team that can really compete for top four? No, United are dead. This is, this a is the bad conclusion. Team. The conclusion is Manchester United are dead. They're dead as a doornail. They're so dead <laughs> that it's an insult to dead people to call them dead. That's how dead they are. It's over. It's over for Manchester United this year. You know what? They fooled us that first game against Frank Lampard's young boys at home. 
spanked them 4-0, but they're dead. They have nothing going forward. They have a boring midfield who creates nothing. Paul Pogba, where's Paul Pogba? He's not even in the lineup. Is he hurt? Is he faking an injury? God knows it. He stinks. And I mean, here's the more concerning thing. So you're chasing a game. You're Manchester United. You're down. You need to get a goal. And you have to turn to the just 18-year-old Mason Greenwood. And Tiat Chong, which I definitely pronounced that wrong. <laughs> he, has great, he has a great afro. Um, that's, that's the best thing I can say about him. You have to run out there a lineup of teenagers trying to chase the game for you. I mean, how is this? What happened? <laughs> like, what are we doing here? What is going on? And there's almost no tactics from Ole. I saw that in the Arsenal game. He's just, they're long ball united right now. The the current state of managers in this league, <laughs> outside of very few, there's a few elite ones. Yeah. We know who they are. We know the names. We don't have to say them. The rest is just struggling mightily. They really I are. I mean, and at big clubs, with managers who are just, they have no clearly defined system. You can't look at this team and say, we know this is what they're going to do. At least Chelsea are trying to do something. And they have an excuse to field all these young players. And Chelsea are exciting to watch. Exactly. They give up goals, but they attack. They come at you. They play with energy. That's what I thought United would be this year. And I thought Chelsea would be a little bit of, eh, we don't know what's going on. We have a lot of youth players in here. But we had a transfer ban, so we have an excuse. But United, what is the excuse for this team? They're just dead. They're they're gone. I just don't understand. Again, and I'm going to go back to how is they've spent so much money. Billions and people, billions and billions. <laughs> people want to talk about the money City have spent. But United have a higher wage bill. United have spent damn near close to the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. Look at the difference in talent between these teams. It's bad. It's no, shocking. It's, bad. it's shocking. And I mean, your best player, like we said, I, th- I don't think anybody believes Pogba really wants to be there. No, Pogba's right. gone. He, he's so far gone. Uh, he's another one where... Do you consider selling him in January? I I mean, I think that they probably should have moved him on this year. Yeah. I think it would have made sense. But either way, let's move on from United. I mean, we've dead. talked about them over and They're over again. They're dead and gone. It, it's, they stink. It's, yeah, until they change, dead. there's Relegated. no point in being surprised by these results. Relegation. They stink. United are bad. Shouldn't be in the Premier League anymore. Uh, I did see a great tweet. It was uh, Manchester United needs to get relegated to steal the limelight away from Liverpool winning the league. (laughs) Um, But yeah, let's talk about another team who is completely dead, and that is Tottenham Hotspur. Uh They go to the Amex, the mighty Amex. That's the mighty. That's where the mighty should go, not in front of Manchester United. It should go the mighty Amex, the fortress in Brighton and Hove Albion without Glenn Murray. Spank him three nil. One did get on the field. He made a he made a cameo in this one. Yeah. Well, I mean he's he just needs to be on the field. I mean he's the game sealer. But another one where it's just a team in turmoil, a team that should be potentially competing for the league in complete turmoil. Uh, we had a goal in the third minute from Moppy, and then we had two goals from Aaron Conley on his debut for the Seagulls. What a game for Brighton, and what a shocker for Tottenham. And uh, we should say Hugo Lloris, a shocking game, but also get well soon, yeah. dislocated elbow. Yeah, rough, rough. He looked in real pain, too. I, I got to say that was rough to watch. It, it's just another situation of 
what is going on at these clubs? Yeah, I mean, this has been a, a hell of a week for Tottenham. Um, to add the absolute spanking that they took <laughs> from Bayern, to then have this result, I mean, and without Glenn Murray putting a hat trick on him, yeah, it, I mean, it, it's just uh, a so testament to how far they have fallen we, since their Champions League yeah. final. And we talked about you know how it kind of got lost in the shuffle because of their run to the Champions League final, how poor their end-of-season form was. And that's carried over now into the new season. Pochettino. The man will not be fired. Be no. foolish to fire Unfireable. Him. He really is. Generally, I think he's unfireable from Tottenham's perspective. And also, they're not going to pay the money that it would... Like, Daniel Levy's not going to pay somebody to not manage his team. Yeah. She's not going to do it. Um, especially when he knows it's one of the, he'd be one of the most sought after managers if he was gone. Mm-hmm. Probably the most currently, obviously. And is it time he walks? Like, does he, we've talked mm-hmm. about it last week. Does he consider walking? Yeah. I mean, at you, this point, doesn't it, it just seem like they need a change? But it, it's not him, right? No, I don't blame him. I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying generally the team. It's been the same, pretty much the same lineup. I mean, we've had the addition of um, Tan Guy and Dombele this year. Um, and we also have, what's his name? Well, he doesn't play. I forget his name. The guy that Young? No, not Sesson Young. Well, he doesn't play either. Well, he hasn't been healthy yet. Uh, the other Argentine guy. Oh, Lo Celso. Yes. Yeah, Lo Celso hasn't really bedded in yet. But they've made very few additions to the team over, what, three years now. Yeah. They've lost players. Um, they're, you could argue their best player. I would probably say their second best player. Doesn't want to be there. He's mm-hmm. made it pretty clear he wanted to move on. Uh, I mean, they ran Suzoko out at right back in this game. <laughs> they're, they're in turmoil it, right now a little it, bit. It's concerning. It, it just seems like they need a shakeup. Yeah. They need a change. It just makes sense to move on. Um, I don't know what... Like, where do they go from here? They could realistically look. There's tons of talent there. They could be perfectly fine. But as these results continue to happen over and over and over again, I think at this point, it's like there's clearly something wrong. Yeah. It's not just a rough patch now. Yeah. It, it's been going on since, Too long. since January. I think they've been yeah. one of the worst yeah. form teams yeah. uh, in the league. But I think next week we need to do our best to get a United person and a Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, I, I yeah I think we do because I want to hear like as we said neither of us are fans of those teams so we're not tuned into like what the actual feelings inside you know that fan base is yeah I just I mean like I said I would never if I'm a Tottenham fan be wanting Pochettino to go just because he's done so much for that club at what point and he is as I said I mean if he leaves he's gonna have the pick. Like, realistically, if he leaves, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw Valverde fired the next day so that Barca can bring him in. Yeah. Would not surprise me at all. Are we... Or wouldn't surprise me if you saw Ole fired the next day so United <laughs> can bring him in. Like, that is what we're talking about. If he leaves, Someone else is gonna scoop he's going to be able to pick wherever he wants to go. Yeah. There's only, like, three jobs in the world he won't be able to get. He won't get City, he won't get Liverpool, he won't get Madrid. Outside of that, he could probably pick whatever other job he wants. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> Uh, are we entering a case here of uh, you either die a villain? I mean, a die a yeah, hero yeah, long long enough to become see. the villain. Yeah. It could be that. I think that's actually a very good shout. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but the last game here that we're going to talk about is Arsenal 1, Bournemouth nil. Arsenal keep a clean sheet. Hip, hip, hooray. They did it. And we also got a goal from 
our striker, David Luiz, yes. uh, the man who we all thought was going to score this game. Elite finisher. He really was, off a corner kick. But um, interesting game, not a whole lot of talking points here. At 1-0, I mean, a pretty subdued game for large parts of it until about the last 10 minutes uh, where Bournemouth decided that they were going to show up. But the first half, I mean, Bournemouth literally looked like they they had no interest in playing this game. They just didn't care. And Arsenal were just walking all over them. And uh, unlucky, I would say, not to get two in the first half. Pepe had a really good shot for a penalty. Yeah, so I actually wanted to ask you. Uh, I saw he had two penalty decisions that went to VAR. Yeah. First one, Stonewall penalty. Right, I mean. No doubt about it. How that was not called a penalty? I'm telling baffled. you. It's... Second one, though? No, not at right, all a penalty. No. And uh, he didn't really appeal too much for the second no, one. No. But, but the first one first, was like. Like, when we were talking about the Mane penalty, this is kind of why I wanted to bring it up. This is triple, double. This was far more egregious <laughs> yeah. than that one. 100%. He, not only did he catch his leg, he then shoved him. Yeah. He, he went like double penalty. I know. I don't understand, uh, but it must just be that they're very, very scared to use VAR, it seems like, uh, for unless it's super clear and super obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, Callum Chambers, man of the match for me, had a fantastic game at right back. He has been a great defender, utility player for us this year. Uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles completely has lost his spot at right back and very well deserved from Callum Chambers to be taking it. Uh, Pepe, another game where it's, desiring a little bit more subbed off in the 63rd for <laughs> i think it was joe willick or gabrielle martinelli uh, it was gabrielle love martinelli. that martinelli is getting minutes by the yeah. way and another one well deserved i mean the guy went off in the europa league scored two goals had an assist and uh he had a good run in there uh, against bournemouth it's just um it's it's not concerning for pepe and it's just like disappointing at this point because I just want to see him succeed so badly. And I think that's the feeling around the Arsenal fan base. Just like, we want to see you do good. Yeah. We want it more than anything. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, he had the assist for the Louise goal, correct? I mean, he took the yeah, corner. Yeah, he took the corner. Um, I think the concern with Pepe is just, he just looks somewhat uncomfortable on the ball when it comes to passing and shooting. And I think it's the physicality right now is kind mm. of the thing that's, tough for him i mean perhaps i i still i still think give him time yeah takes time we just haven't seen him unleashed it feels like it feels like he's always kind of like walking around on that right wing and not really not really ever showing his true pace that thing that we always hear so much about uh that's like his his shining attribute mm-hmm. um i mean we've seen the dribbling and we saw a little bit of it in this game but you know um a good game overall. I mean, I mean, I thought he looked dangerous. Like we said, he earned, he earned what should have been a penalty. Yeah, had a couple of chances to get in there. Yeah, um, Gwenduzi also had a great game. Ceballos played okay. Saka, Saka's really impressed me. He's been he's been really good, especially for someone so young. Um, Joe Willock, good appearance. Martinelli, good appearance. But yeah, overall, I think uh, Klasenak woke up a little bit this game, having the uh, impending competition from Tierney. Mm-hmm. I think he realized that a little bit, and it looked like he was playing on a higher level than he usually has been. Yeah. So excited to see uh, some of the guys that I want back in the team coming back. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, I mean, I think I thought this game, you know, it wasn't really an offer too much, but I am I am excited to see what Arsenal line up, what they kind of how they play when you have Tyranny and Bellerin back in the lineup. I'm I think, interested to see that, that improvement in pace down the wing. Mm-hmm. And creativity. I think both of them are good 
players offensively. And that is going to I don't be think, key for Pepe. I do question that they may not improve the defensive ability of the team that well. How dare you? But I do think that they will um I think they're going to open some things up. And like yeah. you said Pepe getting through some of the, the kind of balls in behind and with Bellerin as yes. another option on that wing. So I, I'm interested to see the lineup. I look forward to that. That's when we're going to see Pepe wake up, I hope. Uh, but we did have some questions here, and some of them were actually for Alex, and I missed them. But um, hmm, Justin Desaris asked us the question about uh, finishing in the top six for Everton, and he said, uh, do you still think they're going to finish in the top six? Uh, Alex gave us that answer, basically. He said, mm, not really. And then we also had... Conal asked us for uh, another question. Basically what I asked, Alex, uh, with United currently sitting at the top of the crisis table, who's second, Everton or Spurs? I think he said Spurs were top of the crisis table because they had the highest expectations than yeah, Everton and United. Yeah, that's why. And, and rightfully so. I mean, I think Everton had high expectations, like you said, above United. But Spurs, people genuinely thought they could compete or yeah. should compete. And... Uh, that is not what they're doing. <laughs> I'm going to put United at the top of the crisis table, and then Spurs and then Everton. I just think United being the the biggest club in the world, they need to figure something out. Uh, and then we had Gavin ask us the question, how disappointed is he with the start that Everton has made? I would say pretty disappointed. Sorry that we didn't get to ask you these questions, Alex. And, uh, you know, what needs to change, bar the manager being sacked? We answered that, and... Gavin did include a question for you. He said, what the actual fuck Water City handing the title to these horrible scousers for? Sorry, Liverpool fans. We just have to Ga- read the questions. Gavin, all we're doing is we're building them up to watch them crumble again. Ooh, just believe. I don't know about that. Keep the faith. Believe. I don't know about that one. And then we had, uh, not a question, more of a statement from Sion Babish, who said she loved Tim Howard when he was a keeper at Everton. He th- She thought that he was such an Everton guy, excellent sportsmanship, a true model to young players of all sports. Agree. Sure. Sure thing. Uh, but from there, Jimmy, we don't have any predictions this week because we are heading into an international break. So let's wrap it up. Let's hit him with the plugs. As always, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SoccerMostly. Email us, mostlysoccershow at gmail.com. Thanks again to Alex for joining us. Check out his podcast. We gave you the plugs for all of that at the beginning. The last thing I'll say, and we say it every episode, but it really does help. Five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts help us out a bunch. So if you could leave them, don't be a mean person like the person left the three-star. Just leave a five-star review. It takes a few seconds out of your day, and it really means a lot to us. Yes, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye.